Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today, let's just get right into it. On your screen, you see the logo for Epic Games, certainly a company that we have discussed at length here in Virtual Legality. But today, we're not going to be talking about antitrust concerns, lawsuits, Fortnite, the Epic Games Store, or really anything about the business itself. Instead, we're going to address a rumor that I saw floating around that a number of you linked to me and asked me to comment on, and that I think I can clear up a little bit of misinformation, or at least speculation on. Without further ado, let's take a look at the thread that people were referencing me to. This is a Reset Era thread from only about an hour and a half ago, entitled Epic Games Could Be Going Public, in which the original poster says, Epic recently hired an investor relations professional, which according to Google, is the one who effectively control the flow of information between a public company, its investors, and its stakeholders. So this could mean that Epic is preparing to have an IPO, an initial public offering slash going public. And we'll talk a little bit more about what those terms mean. We're not going to get into a great deal of detail in this particular video, but then you see a couple of tweets on which this is based. First, from a gentleman by the name of Ty Kim at First Adopter on Twitter, who is a technology columnist at Bloomberg, who said, congratulate Alex for starting a new position as investor relations at Epic Games, presumably some kind of alert from something like LinkedIn, with the reference to the title of the job being investor relations. And then Daniel Ahmad comes in on Twitter and says, seems like Epic Games IPO won't be too far off. Not too surprising, to be honest. Now, these folks are well-intentioned, and you don't actually see them spreading this rumor specifically. You do see it a little bit with Daniel Ahmad kind of pontificating that an IPO won't be too far off. You don't see that from the Bloomberg columnist here, but it's important to understand why they are having this reaction and why Google apparently on this search of this original poster came up with controlling the flow of information between a public company and its investors. That's because that's the most predominant role that an investor rate relations specialist can have. Looking at Wikipedia, you see they describe it in a fairly similar fashion. Investor relations is a strategic management responsibility that is capable of integrating finance, communication, marketing, and securities law compliance to enable the most effective two-way communication between a company, the financial community, and other constituencies, which ultimately contributes to what? A company's securities achieving fair valuation, right? The investor relations person in a public company is charged with communicating with investors on all of the happenings at a business while also making sure that neither they nor the management, the CEO, the COO, the other people that might otherwise communicate with investors screws up on compliance with the securities laws. The securities laws being those laws that govern how you sell stocks into a public marketplace and a private marketplace, but we'll get into that as well. So this person is most notably at a public company doing these kinds of things, but It's not specific to a public company. And in fact, any company that's going to have a lot of investors and a lot of institutional investors, not just mom and pop, not just retail, friends and family, but in fact, those institutional investors that are generally responsible for billions of dollars in funds and know what they're looking for in terms of financial reporting, 
you are going to have to have some kind of relationship and communications pipeline with them. In the early days of a startup, and I can tell you from my experience, I've seen CEOs and COOs have to do this. In the early days, when you've got money and you've got some investors and they're sophisticated, whether it's angels or venture capital or private equity, they come in and they've got certain reporting requirements. They've got certain things that they need from you. They expect to be talked to uh, on a monthly, if not more frequent basis. And this takes up a lot of management time. When that becomes significant enough, a lot of companies generally go out and look for someone someone that they might not call an investor relations specialist. They might just call public relations that predominantly talks to the stockholders in the company, make sure that they're happy with what's happening, make sure they're happy with management. Management, of course, has a vested interest in of itself to make sure that they're not going to be fired, that they are complying with what the stockholders expect the company to do. And so when you start to talk about an investor relations specialist, yes, it 100% could mean that somebody is preparing for an initial public offering, but it doesn't have to mean that. Now, what is this initial public offering? When I say public company versus private company, what am I talking about? I pulled up a small business website just to give an overview here. We'll already see that they get a few things wrong. But notionally, a public company is a corporation that issues stock to a public place that is exchanged on a stock exchange. They have to register here in America with the Securities and Exchange Commission. You have to file all sorts of documents when you initially register, and then you have a responsibility to file all sorts of documents on a quarterly and annual basis. So you have a significant increase in legal expense because you are selling a registered stock, and that is what it means to go public. It also means that you could have thousands upon thousands of stockholders that you probably aren't interacting with them on an individualized basis anymore. So you want to have a relations professional that is helping to guide all of your public communications out to what would be your investor group. A lot of corporations that you go to, you will see an investor relations website. You can go to Electronic Arts right now, pull up all of their filings, pull up direct communiques to the investors of that company, because that's something that's important to a public company. By comparison, a private company like Epic Games right now is described here somewhat incorrectly as a corporation whose shares of stock are not publicly traded, good so far, on the open market, but are held internally by a few individuals. That's not a requirement. Your stock can be held by a lot of folks as long as they haven't been registered and aren't authorized in the jurisdiction that you're talking about to be sold between investors on what we call the secondary market, that stock exchange that we have been following for the past week or two due to GameStop and other eventualities. No, a private company has this stock that is issued to its investors, usually by way of a notice to the SEC in the various states or an exemption from formal registration, and that makes it private. Private companies, as described in this article, aren't required to file information with the SEC in most circumstances. So why would you have an investor relations program or an investor relations professional at a private company? I pulled up an article here from a website called IR Magazine, which you can probably guess is somewhat self-interested in this topic. We always try to identify the tilts that we can see. So IR Magazine describes itself as helping investor relations professionals globally achieve more in their IR programs, benchmark their efforts, and connect to their peers in the IR community. So it's something like a bar journal from the legal side of things for IR professionals. It's also probably fairly invested in making sure that IR programs are well populated and that IR professionals 
are getting good jobs, which is why you also see this article that we just pulled up was produced by something called Elite Connect, which we can also reference was apparently a platform, may still be a platform that is designed to allow market participants, including public companies, investor relations professionals, institutional investors, and brokers to connect and engage in mixing opportunities, I guess. But suffice it to say, this is a fairly self-interested article. Take it with that grain of salt. But you can see that they are invested in trying to talk about why private companies should have these IR programs. We recommend that as they grow, private companies start educating investors on their investment case well before a potential fundraise by adopting an as-if listed approach. Yeah, you might be starting to massage the way that you report your finances to get ready for an IPO, to see what it would cost, to prepare for what that might look like, because it is a significant difference between a private company setup and a public company setup. It doesn't necessarily mean it's imminent. Private companies often turn to us, this particular platform, for IR support once they have been acquired by a private equity firm. If you've got sophisticated institutional investors Looking at your company, you have to have your eye on the ball a little bit more than if just your friends and family are helping you to bootstrap your startup into existence. And Epic Games is anything but a bootstrap startup, as we will see when we take a look at the list of the firms that are invested in them. Private equity owners have an interest in ensuring their investees build and maintain a good reputation within the investment community to support a successful exit further down the line. Now, an exit, what I might refer to as a liquidity event, is a circumstance under which you sell your company or you go public and the people that are invested in your stocks no longer have to hold them because if they're not registered and they can't be sold in a secondary market, you don't have liquidity in them. You can't easily transfer them. If you have an exit, those shares can be sold. They can make money. They can get that return on investment that they might otherwise be looking for. So if you've got these sophisticated investors invested in your company, you might well start to hire these people so that you are ready to potentially exit the company in and of itself. A lot of the time when we're talking about something like an Epic Games that has its own revenue, has its own product line, we are potentially talking about an initial public offering, but just having an IR representative on the staff doesn't make it imminent. Companies with no bonds in issue often approach us up to three years ahead of a planned IPO as they start preparation for the next phase in their corporate development, which is a long way of saying, yes, an IPO could be in the offing. An investor relations person is designed to make your company look better to investors. That much is certain, but it doesn't make it necessarily the case that an IPO is in. And of course, we're also talking about folks at Bloomberg and Daniel Amon who have their ear to the ground, who have been the source for other things in the past. They might know more than just what they're letting on with these kinds of tweets. So you have to take that with a grain of salt as well. Continuing, for many private firms, running a scaled down investor relations program is just good business practice. Private firms often attract external investment from private individuals or private equity, giving them access to funding to grow the business. Investors, if you are going to need money, if you're going to need runway, if you have designs on, oh, let's say, building an entire metaverse across the entire internet, you are going to want to have your books and records well kept. You're going to have your financial statements that are going to have to be delivered to a lot of people and a lot of eyeballs. This is the kind of thing that if you're in Epic Games, you're going to have a department for this, regardless of whether or not that includes thousands and thousands of people exchanging your stock on the secondary markets. Private equity owners may want the company to maintain the discipline of investor relations if there is a very real chance of returning, or in this case, entering the listed markets. Just like we talked about, hey, if you're thinking about doing this at all, ever, 
you're going to want to get used to reporting this way and having all of these requirements met and seeing what that costs you because you can't do it at all if you can't accomplish it right now when you don't have to actually deal with the SEC looking over your shoulder. IR at a private company often forms part of an employee's other duties, which doesn't appear to be the case in the title we see listed here. So maybe it implies a stronger possibility of an IPO. An IPO candidate that walks and talks like a listed company is more likely to inspire confidence and instill trust in investors. And we could look at a bunch of articles that are roughly of this type. You could see references to family businesses uh, that are much more closely held than Epic Games. But you could see that this particular website recommends having an investor relations person on staff to inform your shareholder base, to demonstrate management accountability. You don't want your shareholders coming after you. To understand shareholder preferences and needs, to have someone that as part of their job is getting on the phone with your investors and understanding what they might be concerned about in the last report that you made to them, or that they feel that there's a lack of transparency. A community manager for people that have skin in the game in running your actual company. And then this one doesn't apply to Epic Games at all. Preserving family harmony. That might be the toughest thing for a family business to do. That's an entirely different video. Now I've said all this, you say, Rick, all you've managed to get me to is maybe, and that might well be the case. But the last bit I want to leave you with is that Epic Games is not a mom and pop. It is not a standard private company. It is not a company that wouldn't need this role, whether it's titled this way or not, filled in some capacity. I've pulled up a VentureBeat slash GamesBeat article that says Epic Games unveils $1.78 billion funding round at a $17.3 billion valuation late last year in August. And we did a video talking about these kinds of things, talking about the fact that Sony had invested. We can look at the Epic Games actual press release on this, in which they say the round includes a $250 million strategic investment from Sony Corporation. A strategic investment means that there's an alignment in the two companies and they want to do business together for some further purpose versus a financial investment, which is essentially, I think this is a good idea and I think I can go get money off of this, but I'm not so interested in having my company somehow strategically integrate with yours. Additional investment partners in this round include Bailey Gifford, funds and accounts managed by BlackRock, Fidelity Management and Research Company, Lightspeed Venture Partners, the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan Board, funds and accounts advised by T. Rowe Price, David Tepper, already adding to their investments are KKR and Smash Ventures. And following the closing of the funding round, Epic will continue to have only a single class of common stock outstanding. They are raising all of this money on common stock and other agreements with these private equity and venture capital investors, which means unlike these other companies that we might talk about that are small startups that might be in my book of business or yours, or might be your own company that maybe have six investors, all of which, you know, in person, we're talking about some of the sharkiest sharks in the shark tank here that are invested directly in Epic Games. And that's not even getting to the fact that Tencent owns almost a majority of this company. So with that as your background, and if you're Tim Sweeney and you don't want to spend so much time dealing with investors, you've got more important things to do, like talking about the metaverse or just tweeting at me, whatever it might be. If you want to get that stuff done, you're going to have to have your public relations folks. You're going to have to have your financial compliance folks. And all of these folks are going to have to work together to talk to your investors because they just gave you $2 billion and they are interested in what you're doing with it and how you're going to spend it, how you're going to grow with it. 
Now, the very last thing I will leave you with is you look at this list of investors. You look at the investors that are already invested in Epic Games. And a lot of them are financial investors. A lot of them would be looking to potentially invest in an exit opportunity, a liquidity event. And that would most likely be an initial public offering, an event where they register their stock and they allow their investors to finally sell their stock on the secondary exchange and hopefully for them make a lot of money doing it. So a lot of these folks, your KKRs, your venture capital groups, whatever it might be, would be looking in the long term to exit out of this investment in some form or fashion. So is Epic Games going to go public? I would say yes, based on what they are showing, based on their current revenues, based on what they have as a product line, based on their investor group, based on whatever they told these investors in order to get this money back in August of last year and at all prior times, I think their long-term plan is to have an IPO. Does the fact that somebody is now signed up under the title of investor relations make that more or less likely on an imminent basis? I don't think it does either. Now, there are, of course, countervailing considerations. You just had the whole GameStop brush up. You have a game company in Epic Games that is well known, whether that's liked or hated, that might be able to traffic in some of that meme investment that's going around these days, don't know for certain. But what I do know for certain is that preparing for an initial public offering, for setting that up, for getting the compliance mechanics in place, for getting the lawyers up to speed is a very, very long process. And certainly if they started right this second, it wouldn't be affected for some time to come. But if they started a while back, you could be looking at an initial public offering. Right now, I'd say where there's smoke, there's effectively more smoke. But could be a fire. It just doesn't necessarily mean right now. If you enjoyed this episode, thank you so much for checking it out. Please consider supporting the channel. We're talking about business and law of pop culture, video games, tech, movies, television, everything in between. We've got a Patreon Streamlabs store with shirts and t-shirts and hats and sweatshirts that you can buy. Please do check it out. And if you don't feel like doing that, but you do like the content, you want to see it continue, and you want to see us continue to grow, please just subscribe and tell your friends. Every single little bit helps, and I appreciate more than you could possibly know. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.